this episode is sponsored by audible.com. If anybody doesn't know, I'm sure most people do at least, Audible is a application or a website that you can use on your phone or computer that you can get access to audiobooks. Every month they will give you one free new book to try and listen to. Audible doesn't only do audiobooks, they also have comedy, self-help, fitness programs, wellness programs, and I'm a huge fan of the wellness programs personally, but also the audiobooks. Audible.com has thousands and thousands of titles. Mm -hmm. It would take you, I think, like 300 years to go through their entire library or something crazy like that. And to get your free trial, it is 30 days through our link. It is audibletrial.com slash the extra sisters. And that is T-H-E-E-X-O-R-C-I-S-T-E-R-S. And we just want to give a huge thank you yes, to thank audible.com you. for the sponsorship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get creepy. <laughs> My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And, and we, we are the Extra Sisters. Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Oh my god. Welcome to episode 100. Yeah. <laughs> I just would also like everyone to know it is eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna drink. Well, yeah, seriously, episode 100, you guys, this is a big deal. So, you know, I know that we only drink during happy hours, but also <laughs> Not anymore. No. during episode 100. Like, <laughs> exactly. It's just, a, it's just a little bubbly. Like, I'm not going to, well, I don't know. Champagne kind of does it to you, though. So by the end of this, it might be kind of fun. But also, this, this episode is particularly special. Kristen, you want to tell them why? Well... I was going to ask it, but I will just flat out say it. I'm pretty sure this is the first movie we ever watched in theaters together, right? It fucking is, dude. Yeah. (laughs) We decided, y'all probably know by now that our friendship was forged on the bond of horror. (laughs) The Conjuring 2 came out kind of towards the beginning of our budding friendship. And we had both watched The Conjuring and we both liked it and thought it was spooky. So when The Conjuring 2 came out in theaters nobody was gonna go see it with us like my boyfriend who was brad now my husband didn't like horror and connor is not a huge fan of horror either so we were like "Eh? Eh?" (laughs) like, yes and it like took our friendship to the next level because i was hanging off of your arm the whole time we were there (laughs) yes i remember this is the first time i got to hear about how you check for all the exits and you have to sit in the aisle because if somebody comes in a shooting you're gonna be out or like close to an aisle ish (laughs) you know if it's gonna be like a full theater like you know we knew the conjuring 2 was gonna be like a pretty full theater because we went to a theater that was like popular When we started the podcast, we actually found a theater that was like new that not many people had found out about. So it didn't really ever matter where we sat because nobody was going to be there. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. But this theater was super popular. So I was like, okay, um, I do prefer sitting on the ends. I know, I know that can be counterproductive if somebody comes in on your side, but also, you know, can be beneficial. <laughs> so yeah, it comes from like, you know. I think oh, we've talked about like being a horror fan and also usually yeah. the true crime. I think a lot of people are like into serial, like 
killers and true crime or just like true crime cases. I'm particularly into spree killings, mass shooting, not into that's a kind of dirty like, <laughs> but you, but you guys know what I mean. I think I am particularly interested in like mass murder. So shootings and things like that, especially school shootings that when I started getting into college, I was really into criminology and forensic psychology. Cause I started in psychology. And one of the first cases that I really ever got like unhealthily into <laughs> was Columbine. So, and then I was a freshman in college when the Aurora shooting happened at the theater. Mm-hmm. So I was like, not me, baby. <laughs> and now you live in Colorado where you can actually go visit these places or at least know they are around you, which is a little weird. I have driven by Columbine once. And uh, what's really weird is I I know the blueprint of Columbine pre-shooting, they have changed things around. Like where the library was is now an atrium and things like that. So when we drove by it, I was with Brad and I was like, that was here and that was there. And that's where that happened. And he was like, (laughs) but true crime nerds. Yeah. But there, there are dark things about when you get really into like a particular case when you kind of go on the internet and find other people that are into that case, you find out that people are into that case in ways that you are not into that case. <laughs> and okay. Like gross ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially because these were teenage boy killers. If you catch my drift. Ew. And you find a lot of like teenage girls that are it's it's really fucked up man so that was kind of like the like oh i'm just here to like like see if we have like more information or if anybody has seen <laughs> i'm just here to learn to learn stuff that <laughs> i haven't seen like you know but that's uh, not what i found so, oh that's unfortunate yeah. mm-hmm. what i liked about this one is this was total kismet because this was not planned to be our 100th episode. It just happened to be, hey, what's our 100th episode this year? And it happened to be The Conjuring 2, which was our first film together, which that was really cool. And it's actually a good film, in my opinion. Yeah. So, spoiler alert, I guess. Yeah. Man, it was one that I was like, I get to watch The Conjuring 2. I always forget, actually, how like spooky-ooky this movie is to me. Because I watched it by myself and I didn't start it like I don't start anything until like 830 at night. And then I'm laid up in bed and I'm like, ooh. Yeah, (laughs) with the nun wandering around, F that. God, I have things to say about (laughs) her specifically. I mean, I guess I have a lot to say about the Conjuring universe every single time we talk about the Conjuring universe. Mm -hmm. Because they really took it. Okay, so the the order that that's come out was The Conjuring, and then they came out with Annabelle, and then they came out with The Conjuring 2, didn't they? Is that how that worked? I think so. I'm pretty sure that it wasn't The Conjuring, The Conjuring 2, and then Annabelle. I'm pretty sure that they came out with Annabelle. Yeah, they, they must have, because I saw Annabelle before I moved to Colorado, because I saw that with friends back in Texas, so they must have, they had to come out with Annabelle first. Ah. So, yeah, I have I have some things to say so we can get into it. But the Conjuring 2 is based on the Einfield Poltergeist, which is a, an alleged true story from the UK. And I think all of the Conjuring, well, all of the Conjuring universe up to this point, except for the Nun, I think, is based on 
Well, I don't know about La Llorona. These these spinoffs, maybe not so much, but at least everything having to do with Ed and Lorraine Warren are based on their true cases. Yeah, The Nun really isn't. We kind of get a piece of it with the actual movie, The Nun, but what they did with it in this movie was actually just supposed to be showing uh, Faith being tested for Lorraine, and that was shown in the figure of a nun. Right, and... The so Annabelle based on a true story and both conjuring one and two. And I don't know if three was supposed to be based on a true story. That was actually supposed to be out this month. But right. It was actually supposed to go along with this episode. It was supposed to be a double one for you guys. Yeah. But unfortunately, I don't know at this point of recording anyways, which is actually not too far in advance from release. So if they're going to do anything with it, I think a lot of the like Conjuring 3 and Candyman will probably hold off because it's not like Disney. I'm not saying they don't have a lot of money with these studios, but it's not like Disney where they did Mulan and then they're just going to release it on Disney Plus for free because they're like, oh, well, we are Disney. We can just eat the money that we would have made on this. Well, for now, Disney was going to charge an arm and a fucking leg for you to watch it. Like, I, I mean, guess- they're still... They still they still started with like thirty dollars and then like a few weeks later release it for free on Disney Plus. So they're still fucking doing it or did it. That's ridiculous. That's yeah. absolutely fucking ridiculous. Like you're Disney, you have more than enough goddamn money. Yeah. I would, the only thing I think it's sad for are the actors and actresses to mm-hmm. not get their moment in theaters, especially because these are non American actors and actresses that were gonna get mm-hmm. their moment, you know? Well, that's why it doesn't matter. Fuck them, right? But as far as the uh, studio goes, yeah, you're Disney. You're fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you uh, clearly don't really care about people opening up your parks and stuff during the pandemic. So. Right. You just want your fucking money. Correct. Yes. Disney's evil. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're a big part of our childhoods and stuff. So it's one of mm-hmm. those people that is a capitalistic or capitalism evil that we will just continue to go along with. But especially because now they have star Wars and so many other things, but yes. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know if the conjuring three will eventually be released to us. I, it may Currently on- it is set for release next year. So I think they're waiting for theaters to open. Candyman still hasn't moved. So mm. I don't know. We'll see, especially with Jordan Peele's studio. I mean, not that he doesn't have a shit ton of money. I'm not saying that, but I, 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 it would surprise me if he still released because he's also been a big proponent of uh, stay the fuck home. Mm -hmm. So it would surprise me if he, not the, because theaters are open. I mean, currently it's still listed and he's, they're dropping teasers for it. So I'm assuming we're still good because it's going to come out next month. It comes out October 16th currently. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. So it's still on there. Well, patreon.com slash the extra sisters podcast. <laughs> Our local theater is letting you rent out private screenings, but can't afford it. So for at least the two of us. So um, head over there <laughs> and get her <laughs> have to take a group of friends. Yeah, I know. But who I can't really like there's we don't have a lot of horror. I think we could get friends. Sierra. I think we could get Sierra. Yeah, we probably could. I don't know. We'd have to... Shane would probably come. Yeah trying to think of all of our friends that were that <laughs> or you can you can y'all come to Colorado and come see <laughs> but they're only letting you do like certain movies I wonder if they'd 
let you do Candyman because it's That's such a high true. dollar ticket item if they just let you rent out for like a few people. I don't know. That's they might true. if they're not getting a lot of business. <laughs> right? Hey, we're going to give you a bunch of people. Come on. Yeah. So, like I was saying, The Conjuring 2 is based on an, a true story, allegedly. There's been a lot of... Ed and Lorraine Warren, we've talked about them in a happy hour, actually, about all of their cases. And we did talk about this one in that happy hour. And mm-hmm. a lot of their cases have kind of come to head about being hoaxes. I do have The Demonologist, which is a book written about their cases and them. I have not read it yet, unfortunately, but there's a lot of not to knock them. Well, yeah, maybe a little bit. (laughs) There's a lot of talk about them being con artists, but Mm -hmm. also, you know, they did give a lot at the very least to the horror movie community. For sure. No, that's what I think I said in the Warrens episode or HHH was if they were just to tout these as stories, way to go because they're scary fucking stories. But to say that everything is real and we're demonologists and we're going to protect you, like that's a different level of fraud. Exactly. Because people do or even if they think they're having experiences, you know, and if they are actually having experiences again, You know, I can sometimes be on the fence about those kind of things, but if they, Mm -hmm. let's say that this was a hundred percent a real experience and you go in saying you're a hundred percent a real demonologist and you're not, you're not going to get rid of that demon fam. Mm -hmm. You're just going to make it worse for this family. And that's fucked. I agree. And I feel like that happens a lot with the Ed and Lorraine Warren cases. Like it, it tends to just get worse before it gets better. Well, especially when, unfortunately for them, whether they're legit or not, we know the Amityville case wasn't, and they got involved with that. Exactly. So that's not great for their credibility because they were saying, oh, it's real, it's real, it's real, it's real. It wasn't. (laughs) So Right, exactly. Or we have the Enfield case, which we're going to talk about in a moment. And in my research, I found out they didn't even really go to the house. It was more of like a they showed up one day of let us come see your ghost and they were turned away. Yeah, wasn't a whole to do. (laughs) There were other people involved that were over there that were like, we were dealing with this, you know. Mm -hmm. So the this case basically is similar to what you do see in the in the movie and and it does show what I do like about the conjuring film is it makes you feel like it's very real. They show real pictures of the family, just Mm -hmm. like they did in the first one. I do like that because even at the end, it leaves you feeling like, Oh shit. All of this. Maybe it was real. Exactly. I do like that. I like James Wan as a filmmaker for the Mm -hmm. most part. I don't really like, I guess I really kind of would like to do the nun at some point. We haven't really talked about this, but Kristen and I did see the nun in theaters and we didn't like it. (laughs) Right. I'm kind of interested in revisiting that, even if it's in a group of maybe the conjuring films that we didn't like or something like that. But because I'm saying maybe we should do a series on, I don't know, Patreon, something where you guys get us to bash movies. That'd be a great one. Yeah. Because I, I just, you know, it's just it's kind of frustrating when you know a filmmaker's great and then they just start cranking out not mm-hmm. great movies but you never know what's behind it a studio Did James or... Wan do the nun? 
I don't remember. I just know that his name's behind all these Conjuring films. Mm. I know that he did come back to actually direct this one because he was offered one of the Fast and the Furious movies and he passed on it to do this because he just wanted to be brought back into horror again. And I thought that was really like a horror nerd sweet little thing. Yeah. Well, especially when, I mean, you can, it was good, you know, and I <laughs> exactly. a lot to do with him too and mm-hmm. his eye. Because right. You can feel it like Curse of La Llorona. You can feel that wasn't James Wan. Like, was not good yeah you can feel it <laughs> wasn't james one and i don't know if he had anything to do with the nun but i don't like that his name is associated with the conjuring films because it especially because you know he wasn't involved with la Llorona, and that's i don't remember if he was involved with the nun right um, i'm pretty sure it's just the two conjuring the actual conjuring ones i think everything else he wasn't the director and i don't remember if he's doing the third one or not I hope so. I hope so, too. I don't remember either, but I hope so. I really hope that the Conjuring films stay strong. Like, if mm-hmm. even if everything else in the Conjuring universe is not great. Yeah, like, let your spinoffs die. That's fine. Yeah. I liked the second Annabelle. I The first one, there was, like, one scene in theaters that got me. And then when I watched it on a smaller screen, <laughs> I was like, eh. It was really just the big, scary boom sounds in the theater that got me. Yeah. But I liked the second Annabelle, which we watched together. Which and, is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> and really all the other spinoffs I haven't really enjoyed that much. But anyways. Einfield Poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> right. Back on track. 20 minutes in. <laughs> was a claim of supernatural activity at 284 Green Street, a council house in Brimstone, Enfield, London, England, between 1977 and 1979, involving two sisters aged 11 and 13. And... There were some claims that single parent Peggy Hodgson called police to her rented home in Einfield claiming she had witnessed furniture moving and that two of her four children said that knocking sounds were heard on walls. The children included Margaret, age 13, and Janet, age 11. A police constable said that she saw a chair wobble and slide but could not determine the cause of the movement. Later claims included disembodied voices, loud noises, thrown toys, overturned chairs, and children levitating. Over a period of 18 months, more than 30 people, including neighbors, psychic researchers, and journalists, said they variously saw heavy furniture moving on its own accord, objects being thrown across a room, and the daughters seeming to levitate several feet off the ground. Many also heard and recorded knocking noises and a gruff voice. The story was covered in the Daily Mail and Daily Mirror until reports came to an end in 1979. Now, here's another fraud problem we have. Because... A lot of this stuff the family does say is real, but the daughter who everything was really focused around has admitted to at least at least 2%, she says, was fraud of what went on in the house. So once you admit to any fraud, how much can we really believe? Yeah, well, I think, too, her, her name was Janet, if that's the one uh, yes. you're referring to. Yes. As a kid, even let's say the knocking sounds were real. Mm-hmm. or the furniture sliding across like a, a piece of furniture slid across the room and then you start right. making some of the knocking sounds because your family's getting attention mm-hmm. you know some of it's real and some of it's not well then how do you determine what's real and what's not it's just it gets into a gray area and unfortunately when you involve like an 11 year old that thrives off of the attention and let's just say, like they talk about in the Conjuring film, there was an absent father or one that just stepped out, and now they're getting all this attention. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, 
you know, a, 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 she may not have wanted it to stop because mm-hmm. she felt something was missing from her life. I don't know. That, that's not really necessarily a fair, you know, I don't know anything about her or what her life was like. I'm just saying that's something that they brought up in the film over and over. Mm-hmm. So that could have been something of a factor. But even if like two or three percent was a hoax, maybe she was saying that to be like, I mean, yeah, like I did like one knocking noise this one time. And it's like, why? Well, I remember the big one was the older sister was able to make like a gravelly old man's voice. So she would do the voice part. Yeah, the one that's that everyone... kind of a big hoaxy part the guys yeah. did because that's yeah. what everybody was pinning it being real yeah. on were exactly. the disembodied voices, you know. Exactly. Yeah, and in the film, there basically there were all of those things plus this old man that died in the house, and that's kind of what it centered around. The old man was attaching itself to janet and he it was basically this whole you know we'll kind of go through the plot a little bit more but this is my house get out that you've seen you know over mm-hmm. and over in these haunted house stories his name was bill i believe and bill wilkins bill wilkins and he <laughs> died in the chair downstairs that they still had and so which he, is not a great looking chair either like i get that you got it with the house but that's the one i'd get rid of yeah, if you got rid of any furniture in the house, it was worn to shit. You could tell that was somebody's chair. Be you like, could tell it was somebody's chair that they might have died in. Like, it is that worn. Get like, rid of it. Yeah, just get rid of that fucking <laughs> chair. Please get rid of the chair. For sure. And he is basically like, get out of my house. I don't want you here. And so he starts harassing her. In a similar way to the first one starts, you know, she starts seeing someone in a corner telling it to get out, things like that. She shares a room with her big sister and they also start this off by playing with like a homemade Ouija board, which is yeah, always which isn't great. No, it's just always a, a big fucking nope and a big <laughs> fucking yikes. But aside from that, Ed and Lorraine Warren also start off in the Amityville house doing a seance there. To kind Mm -hmm. of see what happened. And that's where she first sees the nun, Valak. And that's when the nun is introduced. And basically, she gets a vision. She tells Ed of his death. And that's what she saw in the first conjuring when Ed talks about how she shut herself away Mm -hmm. for over a week. So we get that little background as well. I don't I think that would be one of the most terrifying being any sort of clairvoyant like mm-hmm. medium finding that out as a child I guess would be easy to deal with because you figured out as a kid so you're like this must be normal for everyone mm-hmm. like you've just dealt with it forever exactly but then just like opening yourself up and like and seeing that shit mm-hmm. right no 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 right But something that I wrote down in my notes that I really liked was that she's walking through the Amityville house and she's like holding the gun as if she is the dad is really neat imagery. It is neat. It makes me wonder how long they had or like how many times she had to practice doing that. Yeah, I really, really liked I I just, you know, you can tell that these I'm not there's nothing that I have against like independent film horror at all because that is we need that 
But man, when you just have a filmmaker that is a an incredible filmmaker that is given all the resources in the world and watching them just do their thing mm-hmm. with all this money and all this studio power, you can really see what somebody can do. Agreed. I like me, this one better than the first one. Me too. And it makes me sad that like all in like genius horror filmmakers don't just have all those resources because yeah sometimes you watch a horror film and it was made for like two thousand dollars and you're like that could have been great (laughs) you know if you had exactly millions of dollars if you had all the best actors and actresses and makeup team and all that yeah Yeah, because sometimes over on patreon we have a dollar movie series shout Mm -hmm. out to our patreon (laughs) and we'll review these dollar movies now, granted, there's only been, like, one that I can think of. That was, like, good. That was good, yeah. Because <laughs> we just find them in these random discount bins. And a lot of them are from, like, the early 2000s. But, you know, where they're like, man, that writing and that story was a really good idea. But they just got, like, a group of their friends or these mm-hmm. random actors yeah. in L.A. that have never done anything. And they're like, man, had you had a, a really, really good team and effects and everything you could have had a really badass horror film you know oh totally and it's they always come up with the craziest ideas too that would be so cool to see in like a big theater yeah but nobody's picked up their script so they're just like okay i'm just gonna make it on my own and then it's like you know like there was one it was a terrible terrible movie but it had like your death was seen in a painting that was kind of a cool idea let's do more of that yeah you know i it Again, if somebody like James Wan like just happened to watch one of those movies mm-hmm. and reached out and was like, "Let's redo it," it'd probably actually be pretty good. I'm not gonna All lie. Right. Let's do more of that. So, anyways, so it starts off with you know them doing that, her seeing the nun, and deciding that she doesn't want to do any more cases for a while because she saw this entity. It really freaked her out. She had a vision of his death, and they're gonna stop for a while. But, of course, over in England, we're getting this disturbance with this family. And, of course, it starts off with just, like, get out of my house, freaking out this little girl, kind of, you know, waking her up at night. She's falling out of her bed, things like that. And we know it's going to ramp up because that's what hauntings do. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know down the line which we'll get into it does get them involved and spoiler alert they go over there (laughs) no she said she wasn't gonna right another thing before i get into the movie no matter what we think of the actual warrens can we just talk about patrick wilson and oh my god they're they're amazing their chemistry and Mm -hmm. the way that they portray these characters is just beautiful and oh my god yeah if this is the way that the warrens actually were i could see how easy it would be to believe everything they were saying because they were just beautiful people it seems like you know Mm -hmm. regardless of maybe they believed themselves you know (laughs) i don't know and so in love it feels like like when he is singing the elvis song to that family you can just tell how much lorraine loves ed in that scene yeah it's amazing like i know that they have probably their own lives outside of 
you know, mm-hmm. filming and everything. But you're like, can y'all just get married in real life so we oh can know God. what Hollywood love is? <laughs> Especially Patrick Wilson. I love Patrick Wilson. Oh, my God. He is amazing. My first introduction to him was in Hard Candy. So oh, that's not a great. Mine was right. Family Opera where he was romantic and singing the whole time. So, yes, Patrick Wilson. Yeah, I knew him as in Hard Candy. So when I saw him in The Conjuring, I was like, "You're a as a pedophile." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's different. Yeah, yeah. But when I, you know, now I love. I've, well, no, nothing against him in Hard Candy. He just played a really rough role in Hard yeah. Candy. He did it well, though. He did yeah. it really well. Yeah, with Ellen Page and uh, mm-hmm. her being a pedophile chaser. Good for her. But you know, <laughs> I was like, oof. But yeah, they they do such a good job, and I think that's what makes these Conjuring films so damn good. Is mm, agreed. Yeah, I mean, if, I cannot imagine Ed and Lorraine Warren being portrayed any differently. And also, when Lorraine Warren passed away last year, the respect and love that Vera posted about her and that how deeply she felt towards Mm -hmm. her to portray her she talked about it for a couple days and so she held her in such a high regard and I also think that that is important when you're portraying someone on screen so regardless of what we think about her Mm -hmm. Vera had a very high opinion of this woman so you know that's also important I think when you're playing someone on screen is to have some sort of relationship with them if they're still alive so right she did so you know kudos to her and maybe we don't know shit about shit i don't know but (laughs) right you know anyways this haunting in england starts ramping up so this poor girl this poor 11 year old she for sure god dang yeah she is really getting it from bill not and that was sorry that was really (laughs) not in like and yeah, no, that was really fucked up verbiage <laughs> on my end. She <laughs> is just being horribly, horribly haunted by. Oh, yeah. She's this, being terrified. Yeah, and just terrorized mm-hmm. by this entity. And uh, he's just so angry. And one day she's sick, for example. This was a really good scene. This is kind of one of the first scenes you get to kind of see him. Mm-hmm. He's sick at home, and it's kind of a night after she hears him in her room and screams and he bites her actually and you can kind of see the bite marks and he slides a dresser across the room and this is also when her mom sees that something's kind of weird but she stays home from school one day and she's just watching tv and the channel keeps changing and she's she's pretty smart she catches on pretty quickly that she's not just being paranoid Mm -hmm. because she's like "Mm, i don't I don't vibe with it. <laughs> so she keeps changing the channel back, but then the there's a storm outside, and then you hear like a crack of thunder, and then the TV goes off, and then her mom calls, and she goes back, and the remote is fucking gone. While she's on the phone, though, she sees that it's in that chair, and she's sketched out by this chair just in general because like she knows that something's kind of kind of off about it, right? Yeah. Also, it's just weirdly set up in their room, in the living room. Like, does somebody sit in that chair on family nights? Because they're that's like behind the couch, away from everybody. It's so creepy. I don't. That's a perfect position to just watch. You know? <laughs> to watch other people creepily. Yeah. Exactly. So it's in the fucking chair. 
And she's like, what the fuck? And then she also, at some point, it's just like floating in the air like someone's holding it and drops. And then you also kind of get a glimpse of someone in the TV when the screen is black. And she also sees that. So, And he shouts at her to get out of my house. And she freaks out. When she's over by the TV, she's trying to like get it to turn back on. And there's a really like quick glimpse of him and his face. That was spooky. (laughs) Not a jump scare, but it's a good one. Mm-hmm. Because you're you're kind of expecting this to be a more like silent, like nuanced, like you know you kind of see him in the screen and you kind of see the remote floating, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Get out of my house!" and you're like, "Ah!" <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? And he's scary looking, you know, super creepy. He's just like this old man with these yellow fucked up eyes, and she's also been sleepwalking and just talking to this guy in her dreams. And she starts tying herself to her bed because she's tired of walking around. That's the scariest, saddest thing that I've, I ever see in this movie. It makes my heart hurt every time. Like how terrifying for that little girl. Cause she's ended up downstairs a couple times now in that fucking chair. Yeah. All by herself in the middle of, you know, 3am creepy shit time. All by herself. So tie yourself to the bed. That'll work. No, doesn't. Yeah. And it gets to the point where the family, like the whole family, there's, of course, the older sister. There's also a younger brother. And then there's another sister, I think. There's There's two. There's two brothers and a sister. Two two brothers, two sisters. It's a family of four kids. They get to the point where shit's happening and they run to the fucking neighbors. <laughs> Their friend across the street. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which okay. great friends for letting them in being like, yeah, dude, just chill. Uh, yeah. Well, because you assume that if somebody's mad at you for being in the house, like an entity, you go to a different house, you're good. You know, that's all it wants. But unfortunately, it doesn't end there. Right. And I love her telling her friend, she's like, Peg, I saw the dresser go clear across the freaking room. I saw it. And I'd be on the other side going, I believe you. I believe you. I got it. We're going to figure this out. We got this. Oh, you know, I'd be at your house. (laughs) Right. I agree. And then the friend's husband is really sweet. And he goes over to see if it's an intruder and try to figure it out. And he calls the cops. And I love this because you never see this in a horror movie. But the cops show up and they actually see shit move. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. This spirit is not like shy it's like yes i'm here get the fuck out of my house yes cops never get to see that stuff yeah it's not like one of the ones it's like no i'm not going to show you because i don't want you to know i'm here i want you to think the family's crazy it's like yes i'm here and i want Uh out (laughs) get out exactly and i love one of the cops she's like you know ma'am i can't really help you out this is just going to be a paperwork thing and she's like more bloody paperwork and she goes but maybe you should call this person who's like a spooky guy yeah i'm like good he also says uh i have a priest that's a friend of the family and you should call him too (laughs) yeah yeah so she's like call all these people coming from a cop that's great yeah yeah and then they that so because of that then they have all of these they have this paranormal investigator and then this like there's this guy paranormal investigator that's british and then there's this woman i think she's 
like a, a parapsychologist, like a university parapsychologist. Mm-hmm. She's the skeptic mm-hmm. because she's seen a lot of fakers for whatever reason, you know, right. one, for one reason or another. And then there's also, you know, now we're getting like journalists involved and all these other people. And so then we get a, basically a TV. Now we're rigging up the house and stuff. And one mm-hmm. of the big scenes here is we get a TV interview. And this is before the Warrens have come over to the UK. So we still haven't had the Warrens involved yet. So this is actually a pretty, I don't know what the running time is, but this movie feels really long because there's a lot that happens before the Warrens even get over mm-hmm. there because we have to make it bad enough before anybody will even reach out to the Warrens. Right. It's on the other side of the world. So exactly. They're not just going to be able to get over there. Yeah. Exactly. So they do this TV interview with Janet and her sister because they're the two most involved since, you know, they share a room and right. You know, then we have our first, you know, Janet is possessed by Bill on camera. And now she's talking in his voice and he's talking about how he basically enjoys fucking with the family and wants them out of his house. And that he, you know, it's it's like in his voice and all these. All yeah. these- this is when we get the information about him. This is when he tells people his name. He died in that chair. Things like that. From a hemorrhage in his brain that caused him to go blind. I think that's when he says how he died, too. Yeah. Yeah. So now we know who he is, which is pretty rare with, you know, these spiritual possessions. They're like, right? you're going to have to this, work a little harder. Exactly. This one is definitely different. We have the cop seeing shit. He's not shy and flat out telling reporters, not once again, not shy. Which is weird, but it's weird for, for a sure. Reason. You know, (laughs) when you get to the point where you find out why it's weird, there's a reason for that. And so then because of this, the church reaches out to Ed and Lorraine Warren, not to not to intervene, but just to go and investigate on their behalf to see if they need to intervene on this because it kind of looked a little little possession-y, you know, they're like, (laughs) right. Do we need to do exorcism? Do we need to do that? <laughs> She's floating in the air, making voices. Like, let's fix this. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and so we're back in the United States, and there's a priest talking to the Warrens and that he needs their help. But Lorraine doesn't want to fucking get involved. And when we get back over there, she walks in on Ed painting. Mm-hmm. And he's painting... Volick, which we don't know her name yet. His it's the that the thing's name. <laughs> yeah. And but she walked in on Ed painting it. He said he saw it in a dream, which that's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah. He's doing this in the middle of the fucking night too. You know it was a nightmare. He's like, I'm just painting. And you're like, that is fucking terrifying. <laughs> exactly. Like, if, oh God. And he's doing it by himself in the middle of the kitchen with his back to nothing. Uh-uh. Yeah. Just casually fucking painting <laughs> this horrific, like, 
no hell no 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 and she's like (gasps) (laughs) yeah fair you see her face just go oh god (laughs) because she knows that she saw it and had an interaction with it when she was in whatever state she was in in amityville yeah and it said that it wants to kill him god dang yeah it wants to fuck their shit (laughs) up man it ain't friendly dude and he's just randomly painting it in the kitchen yeah i'd have a heart attack too Oh, it just visited me in a dream. It's fine. <laughs> Feel like we're done. We're out. We're gonna exercise you now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're we're not doing nothing, and I don't blame her if she's like, we're not, we're not, we're not doing anything because that's what brings these things to you. Yeah. Like if you fuck with them, they're gonna fuck with you back. That, exactly. No, 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 no. <laughs> so she's like, we're not, we're not gonna get too involved, and then. And then we have, oh my God, the like scariest scene in my opinion. Like we do have some more scary scenes coming up. I'm not going to say like scariest, but it's up there for me. Yeah. We have another nun scene and she's just sitting there reading her Bible with her daughter, Judy. And we, I don't know if this is hinting that Judy's clairvoyant or this thing is so prominent in their house now that it's just fucking showing its ass. Like... (laughs) Judy's like, Mom, who is that? And then she walks into the hallway with Judy, and the fucking nun is standing at the end of their hallway. And I was like, Oh God, that thing is so scary. It is mm-hmm. so scary. So she walks down the hallway, and then they have this office full of like cases they've investigated and all this shit that they've done, right? Mm-hmm. Tell me why Ed feels the need to hang that thing up. I know, right? Yeah, there's another painting that he's working on, which is also spooky. It it looks like the house from the first Conjuring that he's painting. Like, I would hang up a painting of, like, a spooky house. I mean, I guess I have, like, stuff of Pennywise up and stuff, too. But that's fucking different. Like, that's a movie. Like, if, you know, this is a real fucking demon she saw. Like, and he doesn't know that, but like that is shit from your nightmare, and you know that you work with real demons. Yeah. Why? <laughs> oh, why would you, would you hang it? Do that. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, God. He's like, this is the best painting I've ever done, even though it's really spooky. So on the wall it goes. <laughs> Immediately. Isn't it even yeah. dry yet? I know, right? I mean, I guess if it's acrylic, they dry really fast. I'm just saying, like god and then you don't know if because it looks like of course the whole point is the and it's really really good shots too the camera work is incredible mm-hmm. fuck really good shot but it looks like it's this life it looks like it's standing behind her but it's just the painting mm-hmm. and then this and the eyes are glowing a little bit but then it's just the painting like little things like that yeah until it's not just the painting until it's not and then it pops on this religious hymn on this record which is terrifying and then like you know it's just and the room is kind of dark and she flips on the light and you're like (gasps) but nothing happens because you're like oh it's gonna be behind the light and then like it you see it in the corner and then no it moves and then it's behind the painting and the painting runs at her and then it cuts away. And then I had a thought and I was like, what happens? You know, anytime a demon runs at somebody in one of these movies, they always cut away for you to wonder what's happening. And it's obviously because they don't have the special effects to like really show that. 
Right, exactly. So you're either left to think if it's a red shirt, they're getting possessed. If it's Lorraine Warren, then she just fought it off. But, like, imagine. It coming at you? Yeah. That's why I get so pissed about the movie The Nun, because she is fucking scary. She is a terrifying monster, and she's so cool, and we should have gotten a better movie for it. I have a whole rant about that at the end of this. Don't you worry. (laughs) Okay, that's good. I have Also, I have a side story. (laughs) As Volek started running at Lorraine Warren, and I was watching this movie, I had Izzy, my pug, in the bedroom with me. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Leia was out in the living room with Brad and I guess Brad had let her out one of our oh, no. back doors but she came around to the bedroom door in the bedroom and it was closed she started scratching at the back door oh, no. as soon as Pollock started running I just heard like at the back door and I was like ah! as soon as volik started running leia started scratching at the back door and i was like jesus christ you scared mom it was awful i was like right <laughs> as the demon's running at me on the screen right that, that's your time that's your there time. something coming at me from the background come on dude <laughs> yeah i wrote it in all caps because it was really <laughs> leia so. you're grounded anyways yeah <laughs> So the demon says its name, which Lorraine scribbles in her Bible, which is important later. Well, when I say scribbles, she like is not quite conscious and she's just like writing shit down. Right. She's also super oblivious. Like, I get that she doesn't want to be in this world anymore, but Valak's name is everywhere in this movie. Literally everywhere. Mm -hmm. There's actually, I was going to do it as trivia, but I'm just going to list them since we're talking about the name. All of the places it appears. In the kitchen window, there's colorful letters behind Ed. Along the edge of the wood kitchen countertop, there's some raised letters. Just to the right of Lorraine at the breakfast table, when she's standing at the kitchen sink, on the family room bookcase, the bracelet that Judy is making says it. She writes it in her Bible pages and on either side of Ed while he was painting it. It's everywhere, and she hasn't noticed. Yeah, she's super checked out of this one because she Mm -hmm. really wants to be incredibly removed that she's like, nope. Mm -mm." Right. It Even once we finally get to the house, the Enfield house, she even goes, I can't feel anything but their terror. She's very out of it right now. To the point where she doesn't even believe them. Yeah, which is crazy that that's her thing. She believes everyone. Yeah. I mean, and there are other reasons she doesn't really believe them, but she especially doesn't Mm -hmm. believe them here. Yeah. So they decide to go over because they're like, well, we have to help them because, you know, that's who they are. But they consult the other paranormal investigators and, uh, you know, if it's legit or not. And then they attempt to communicate with Bill Wilkins' spirit. And they're like, can you just fucking not, you know? (laughs) Right. And the, one of the ways they do that is by having Janet put water in her mouth and having Bill talk through her because he can still talk while she has water in her mouth, but she'll only do it if they're looking away, which is kind of like, oh, well, that's another way that they're just not going like to believe you. Exactly. It's not going to matter at that point. Yeah. So he does say, you know. I died of this and they're here. They're in my house and all this stuff. Basically, it's very similar to 
the first interview that they had with them, but now it's just with the Warrens. But I also really like this shot because it's folk. The camera focuses on Patrick Wilson or Ed, Ed Warren. And then Janet's in the background, but you can see that her face has changed, but only very out of focus. It's very creepy. And it's very subtle because it slowly works into the shots. Like it starts as her and fades. Yeah, it's really cool. I really like the artistry there. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's really cool. And it's really subtle. Like they didn't have to make it like super in your face creepy for it to be effective. I, I think that's what I like about this movie is it doesn't have to be in your face. It's it's not like all those gimmicks nowadays where, oh, my God, it's got to be right there. It can have some things in the background which are creepy that you should be looking for. But it does still have those punch you in the face. Yes. Moments. Like you can have both. It doesn't have to be one or the other people. Exactly. And it's still going to be like it still scares me. It's still creeps uh-huh. me out as a as a pe- person that watches horror all the time. And I've seen this movie several times. Agreed. I had to watch it during the day in my living room with my fiance here. Like it's still spooky. Yeah, I tried to get Brad to watch it with me, but he wouldn't. <laughs> Jokes sorry. on him, though, because I started it so late, he thought it was safe to come to bed and the movie wasn't over yet. So. <laughs> yeah, he's not had to the climax scene. Oh, that's hilarious. He yeah. got the worst part. Yep. yep. So they have to stay. They Well, they do stay in the house with the family. And it they do see like one night. So there's basically this they keep saying that Janet's like teleporting around the house. Like how is she getting from here to here to here? Like it's really mm-hmm. weird. One night they say, or she basically, she's been sleeping with her mom and the rest of the kids have been at the neighbor's house because it's not safe for them to be there. Like they don't also, they just don't want to fucking be in a haunted house. Like that's totally fair. And there was one night she ties herself. She's been just tying herself down to the bed. And which is, still really sad Mm -hmm. and they have actually padlocked janet's room shut because that's where most of the activity has been happening you know stuff sliding around and a lot Mm -hmm. of donated crucifixes and crosses and so the whole room is just covered in crosses and one night she wakes up and she's having this weird dream where she's on the ceiling And she's just staring down at Bill sitting in a chair, which is terrifying on its own. And then all of a sudden she's transported from the ceiling into the, the upstairs bedroom. And then she wakes up and she's actually in the bedroom. So she literally been transporting into bedrooms. Like I'm terrified for her, but I'm super terrified for the mom. Because she yeah. wakes up to your, your wake up to your baby screaming bloody murder. And she's trapped in a room that you locked. You did that. You trapped your baby in there and you can't get her out now. And she's just screaming. That's terrifying. And not only that, but you look in there and you see her screaming. And then you see that son of a bitch's face. Yes. Through the crack, smiling at you. Exactly. At that point, she hasn't seen, well, we don't know, I guess, if she's seen the figure, but to our knowledge, she hasn't actually seen him yet, and now she sees the face, and it's with your baby in this locked room. Mm. But, I don't know, I feel like she takes a long time to think of, go get the fucking key. Yeah, she's just, like, 
pulling on the door and it's like you yeah. have locked that shit with chains baby you ain't getting exactly. in there like I get checking it a couple times in panic and then running to get the key but she doesn't go until Patrick Wilson goes go find the key why does it have to be a man why does it have to be a man telling you to fucking go get the key I I don't know I my only answer would be is sheer panic you know You're right like, I know I know people panic and I at least thankfully don't seem to have that problem, but seriously, go get the fucking key. Let your daughter out. (laughs) God. Well, and even before that happens, it's so scary because Janet is just sitting in that room panicking. And then like, you can see like the figure kind of walking around because all the crosses are turning upside down. Yeah. The sheer fear. Like I cannot imagine, like I've been scared before by like, like I've told the story before when, you know, you, kind of affirmed to me that there was something in my house because you saw it because I mentioned to you that Brad feels watched in my house ha 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 and you were like uh well I didn't want to say anything but I saw something standing in your kitchen and then I went home that night and Brad wasn't home I literally could not stay in my house couldn't fucking do it and I didn't see anything or feel anything myself other than fear and but nothing was happening but I cannot imagine actually seeing stuff something Uh uh-huh like oh my god like jesus fucking christ dude and so yeah and then for to see the actual figure and she's being fucking thrown around and shit uh -uh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah that happens (laughs) (laughs) and then after that you know they're like well maybe she let herself in they still don't really believe her no. no. And then they're they've looked at photos and stuff and they're like, well, she could have been jumping instead of levitating, which are real photos. And they I will say they do look like she could have just been jumping off the bed. Like she was. That was one of the little two percent hoaxes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well that's what I'm saying. Like uh, and they use that in the like the movie credits as her like mm-hmm. picture of her. And it's like she looks Yeah, it like straight she- up looks like she's jumping off her bed. <laughs> like, yeah. And I was like, that's <laughs> not convincing. Come on, no more. Give me some more. And then there's another night where they still haven't quite been convinced that it's fake. Ed and Lorraine Warren are pretty they're pretty slow to like think that somebody's faking it because they don't want to do that. Because if if something, you know, if they leave and it's real, they're leaving something to this poor these people to fight something that they have no business fighting on their own. Right. You know? So one night they go over to the house or they're in the house and they basically have this really sweet moment with the family and they tell them, you know, have you ever had any bullies? And this thing is basically bullying Janet and you need to stick up for her, you know? Mm -hmm. And so one of the brothers is really sweet and tries to stick up for, for Janet and yeah, big mistake, big mistake. (laughs) and he doesn't die no that's good it does something super spooky and there are like knives on the table like just standing straight up and he walks into the kitchen and basically wants to stick up for his sister and you see him walk into the kitchen and janet is just crouched next to him with a knife and then it cuts yeah and then all this shit starts flying around the kitchen and they're screaming and then janet is like wedged into this 
crawl space. I'm assuming, I think it's like a heater or a water heater or something. Yeah, she's piping. like wrapped in there with all the cords and stuff. It's really, Ugh. yeah, it's like, how did you get Super in there? Super creepy. And she's like all bent in a weird shape. And she's screaming as yeah. Bill. And you figure out later, because they actually had put cameras up, that she was faking it. She bent the spoon. She threw everything over. She wasn't possessed or anything. So if she wasn't possessed, how the fuck did she get in there? Mm-hmm. That's still my question because, oh, my God, how did you wrap yourself up in those things? And she she was caught on camera faking it. And so they decide to leave. Ed and Lorraine do, believing the family's lying for fame. But then when they're on the train back and, you know, the family is like, why did you fucking lie? Oh, and I forgot to mention going through this. At one point, they go over to the neighbor's house and it follows them and we get the crooked man. I forgot to mention the crooked man. Yeah. It's one That's of part stories. of why they're sleeping in separate houses now because she went, she was the crooked man and went after her little brother. Yeah. She can't go anywhere no. <laughs> with her family. No. So we get a couple different like spooky little entities here and the crooked man's one of them i heard the crooked man was supposed to get his own little spinoff but i'm assuming because the nun didn't go over too well that they weren't going to do the crooked man and curse of la Llorona. yeah 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 i feel like the crooked man would be fucking spooky though like let's do that one granted i thought the nun would be spooky so the nun was supposed to be so spooky okay. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute but because <laughs> i have a whole thing um not a whole thing but i just i have a thing but <laughs> so she says, if I didn't make them leave, it said it was going to kill you. And I feel like these esteemed demonologists should know that a spirit would be smart enough to know where the cameras were and to know, hey, I'm going to make you fake this to make them leave. I just feel like that's a thing it would know. Right. Like, I feel like they should have been fucking smarter than that. I realized that once the Catholic Church saw that, it probably would have been game over. I just Mm -hmm. feel like they should have been smarter than that. Because if I saw that, I'd be like, well, it could have told her to do that. Yeah. Like, well, they finally get there. Yeah. Being pushed along. Because when she was wrapped up in all those cords in that weird little vent area, she said something. Something weird that nobody knows what it was, but they recorded her. So Ed and Lorraine Warren are taken off because whatever, this is a hoax, right? So they're on a train, going to head home to the airport, all that jazz. And they don't even play the recording. It like plays on its own. And it plays backwards where Bill Wilkins was actually telling them stuff. Yeah. And then Patrick Wilson is like, he gets the sign and he's like, play them together now. And it says, he basically says like, help me and they figure out that the spirit of bill wilkins is actually being used as a pawn by the spirit or the demon of the nun that she's been seeing so he's just been a facade this whole time to throw them off right so and that her abilities have been blocked by the nun preventing her from figuring out that janet's actually been possessed by this nun not right. and even before them valak's been he was f- this poor old man was being fed on by valak for years and he couldn't move on yeah yeah it, it which is so sad so sad because when you actually because lorraine 
she goes into her state and actually goes and talks to him. And he's just like, I just want to see my family. Like, I just want to go. Right. Like, he's so confused and sad. Like, it's the worst. So they're like, oh, we got to fucking go back. And when they go back, she is terrifying. All hell breaks loose. Janet is possessed, possessed. Like... You know, she's got the yellow eyes and she's fucked up her family and her family runs out and she locks them the fuck out. And so they're locked outside the house and Ed goes inside alone. And Lorraine, this is one of the best acted scenes, in my opinion, is Lorraine begging him to not go inside alone because she's seen his death, which she had a vision of his death on a spike, kind of Mm -hmm. basically being impaled. Right. And Ed goes inside alone. And while he's inside, there is a lightning strike that knocks over a tree. And the remaining part of the tree is basically that spike. And she sees a window in Janet's room. And she's like, oh, God. (laughs) So, and we also get this scene where Valak actually unscrews a radiator cap when he breaks in through the ceiling from the basement to get into the house and temporarily impairs his vision. And so you kind of get a lot of this POV through his fucked up vision and which is terrifying because he already is not do you know, it's already scary, but now he can't really see. Yeah. So he's going through the house and he finds Janet in her room And Lorraine also gets in, but you get, she's got to figure out Volek's name. And she's basically like, I have to find the name. I have to find the name. The name has power over the demon. And she remembers that she wrote it down in her Bible. So she finds her Bible and she figures out the demon's name is Volek. And so she goes into Janet's room and finds her husband there and Volek in the corner, who Volek does kind of look like Marilyn Manson, though. I'm not going to lie. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I thought that too. That's something that doesn't, like, if I think about it like that, it doesn't really scare me because I've been looking (laughs) at Marilyn Manson since I was like 13. So I'm like, oh, it's just Spooky Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Spooky Daddy dressed up as a nun. Yeah, exactly. Which he does sometimes. So there you go. So. Valak is, of course, doing spooky shit in the corner, and Ed has fallen out the window holding Janet because Valak wants to kill Janet. And Lorraine is being pinned up against the wall by Valak and starts screaming its name, and then as soon as she starts screaming Valak's name, calling it the Defiler, and blah, 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 it starts imploding on itself. Dun, dun, dun. And dims it back to hell. And then everything is fine and dandy. And then they come back home and puts the haunted crooked man little didn't 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 <laughs> toy in their spooky room. Yep. In front of the Annabelle doll. <laughs> yep. And then you get the spooky outro of like the pictures and the they still live. She you know, Peggy lived in that house until she died. Blah blah blah. So blah blah blah. <laughs> So the only other trivia piece I have is that the school that we see Janet go to, it's actually two schools that were basically shared a parking lot. And the it is the Chase School for Girls. And it is, the other is the Enfield Grammar, Grammar School, which I liked because it's actually one of the oldest secondary schools in the UK. It was founded in 1558. Wow. I yeah. Yeah, I'd love to go to England because of just the old fucking yeah yeah. 
how cool would that be to be like, yeah, I went to a school that was founded in the 1500s. That's haunted. <laughs> For sure. For sure haunted. <laughs> That's super fucking haunted. <laughs> yeah. So just real quick, the Crooked Man, on May 31st, 2017, somebody came out and said there was a possibility of a Crooked Man film. On June 14th, 2017, it was reported that a spinoff film titled The Crooked Man featuring the character of the same name from The Conjuring 2 is in development from a story by James Wan. And then there has been no news since 2017 of it being canceled or in production. So no idea. But apparently James Wan has a story for it. So... I mean, if James Wan wrote a story for it, I'd be interested in seeing it, but only if he's going to, like, direct it. Right. That's, yeah. That's my condition. Stop James. getting these weird directors that have never done anything. I know. There's also a TV show on the Enfield Infield Haunting. It's a 2015 horror miniseries. So if anybody's interested in that. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know how good it is, though. I'm not going to. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here is my rant okay perfect i was gonna ask are you gonna talk about the nun i am gonna talk about the nun okay 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 it's not really a long rant i'm just (laughs) a big mistake that (laughs) franchise these film franchises make is taking something terrifying Mm-hmm. like the nun like something they had a movie like the conjuring 2 and they had one aspect of it like the nun like she was just or it was just one aspect of this film it was not the whole story because they had bill and they had the crooked man and they had all these things but the nun was incredibly effective obviously mm-hmm. There was a huge response to The Nun from the audience. And that's why The Nun got a spinoff because everyone was terrified of The Nun. And they Mm -hmm. did it on purpose because obviously that was their demon. It needed to be scary. And it was so effective in audiences. People cowered and they screamed and all this stuff. And so they were like, spinoff, money. Yeah, so let's do (laughs) that, right? Okay, here's the problem though. You you had some really effective scenes saying, wow, look at that feedback. Let's give it a whole movie. And then you just ruin the character's effectiveness entirely, entirely. Because mm-hmm. what the nun did, now I've only seen it one time, but I remember it being inc- so ineffective because you just took the most effective part of your movie, the scariest part of your movie, the part where I was literally watching it through my fingers because it was so scary. And then you put it in the movie. You made the folklore kind of dumb, to be honest. And mm-hmm. then you made, you just oversaturated it. You know what I mean? Like, it's so much yeah. scarier, in my opinion, to have a few really good, very smart, intentional, effective scenes to where it will haunt people than just throw it in the movie for money and for hype and then it not be good because a really good film with a few scenes of it it's going to be so much better than a really bad film with it just like like just watered down which is uh-huh. the none was mm-hmm. it wasn't good like it was so disappointing because it could have been good, I guess, like, but it just wasn't, it just wasn't like, it was so stupid that I remember it being like, I remember 
the dumb fucking priest and being caught in a fucking grave and then them going down into the like catacomby part of the I think it was an abbey or whatever and then the nun was not even scary to look at and even though it was the same nun it was just like there were like several nuns too and it was just Mm -hmm. why like you took the punch out of the creep exactly and it's just like what don't and maybe don't make a crooked man movie then right or i mean yeah la llorona wasn't she was scarier in the trailer well like the same thing with the nun everything that was spooky happened in the trailer like you could have just watched that everything happened in the trailer that and it was the same in the movie nothing new nothing scarier nothing longer and same thing happened with la llorona and same thing is probably going to happen with Crooked Man. Like, I hope it's spooky because he's creepy, but it'll probably be pretty lukewarm. Yeah. I mean, it's just like you don't have to because they had nuns walking around the whole time. In yes. Fun. And it wasn't by the time you actually got to Volick, it was like, I don't care anymore. Exactly. And I was, you, you, you took it away. You You robbed me. Yeah, I Uh, jumped at one scene in that one, and it was one that you felt the buildup the whole time anyway. I knew I was going to jump because I knew it was going to be one of those like (gasps) sound things that was going to make me jump. It was even remember it, to be honest. There's a scene where they're in like a cafeteria part and you're not supposed to stay at night and she does and she reaches out to what she thinks is like the old Abbey head figure and then all of a sudden like she's reaching out so slow for so long you know that the jump scare is coming and then the jump scare comes and her hand gets grabbed it's that see i don't even remember that scene it's so basic yeah and that's what's it just you don't need to take and i don't know if they had the nun film planned or if they saw the response from what the volick did in the conjuring you know Mm -hmm. what i like i don't know i think they saw the response and saw dollar signs well that's kind of what i'm wondering and even if they didn't see they were like oh we could do a lot with this nun character artistically great i mean you can tell like the conjuring 2 has an 80 percent on rotten tomatoes and the nun has a 25 percent a jesus christ five percent there's no reason for that other than you didn't put the time and effort into your Mm storyline you didn't care about the nun i mean this isn't a review on the nun but spoiler alert we didn't fucking like it (laughs) right i mean story by james wan produced by james wan not directed by directed by who yeah exactly stop picking random fucking people to direct these really spooky fucking movies but then I'm full of shit because, you know, Jordan Peele was a random person and he makes great shit. So, you know, it, it's just like, but he still produced it and it was still his story. Like, I don't know. It's just and it made three hundred and sixty five point six million dollars at the box office. You just kicked us in the balls, James Wan. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But it's just, you know, and, and I hope that, that, well, and, and you know, The Conjuring could have taken Bathsheba and made her a whole thing and they didn't. And that's why she's still scary in that one scene that she jumps off the dresser. For sure. You know what I mean? 
I mean, Valak is still spooky in The Conjuring too. Oh, just 100%. not in The Nun. Yeah, well, because I don't even fucking remember The Nun, to be honest with you, because it was so bad. Yeah, I don't remember any of Valak's scenes. I just remember all the other little gimmicky shit that sucked. I remember one, like, final scene, kind of, where they go down in the bottom and, like, Valak, like, I don't know. Yeah, you gotta shove the thing down her throat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's like, all. and I didn't even hardly remember that. I kind of remembered Valak, like, going away again. Like, I don't, and then, like, the part where he's, like, in a, like, buried alive and hearing the bell in the graveyard. Like, I, again, don't hardly remember any of it. I remember Thaisa, you know, Vera's sister got the part. Yeah, which I was like, oh my god, that means she's going to be Lorraine Warren as a young girl, right? That'd be such a cool fucking twist. No. Why wouldn't you do that? Because the timing didn't work out because they did it like way medieval. Or even just the fact that, okay, maybe this is going to be a family franchise. Maybe she'll be, you know, if they do other spinoffs, maybe she'll just be in it now. No. Which is fine, whatever, but it's just like, I don't, and she was fine, and she's not a bad actress or anything. It's just like, I just didn't, I don't know, it just, it just didn't, it didn't work for me. So here's your review of The Conjuring 2 and The Nun. (laughs) Conjuring 2, honestly, for me, like, it's a solid, like, I don't know if I want to give it a five, because it's not, I don't know if it sits on the same level as, like, Frankenstein, but it's like a solid four and a half. Maybe a five. I don't know. It's good. It's really good. <laughs> I think it for me, a five. I end up every year going, oh my God, I really want to watch The Conjuring 2. Yeah. It's that one. Like the first one is great also. Like it really is. But this, the two just does it for me. It's spookier to me than the first mm-hmm. one. And I yeah. think a lot of that does have to do with Volick, to be honest with you. Exactly. And Volick is not, like, not the final scene either. Like, she, it's spooky in the final scene. But, like, the the subtleties of, like, creeping around in the background of the, the Warren's home, those are the spooky scenes to me. Like, really mm-hmm. highly enjoy those. So, yeah, for sure give that. It's, it's super, I don't know, I really like it. <laughs> you know, and just a side note, you want it? You want to you want a copy of it? Right. You can head over to our Instagram and and win it if you want. We're doing a giveaway for our 100th episode. Yeah. I mean, you know, I know it's been out for a while, but we wanted to uh, give away whatever our 100th episode was. And it happens to be The Conjuring 2. And it's not just The Conjuring 2. You can win a whole little movie night bundle if you head on over to our Instagram. It's just instagram slash the exorcisters podcast so head on over there and it's not going to be going on for a long time but it's going to be a good time so you can head on over (laughs) you can head on over to the exorcisters podcast over on instagram and enter to win a copy of the conjuring 2 whoops be a good time for halloween you know it's a really good Mm -hmm. fall one oh yeah that's why i always end up wanting to watch it yeah it actually happens around christmas in the movie but still like yeah but it's in london so it's rainy and yeah still like cold and spooky i really enjoy this one around halloween because it's like super super creepy in my opinion Mm -hmm. yeah head on over there see what else comes in that little movie night bundle especially since you can't really go out to a movie unless you can but that doesn't mean you should (laughs) right you know yeah good luck hope you win enjoy All right, and we're finally heading into spooky season. It's coming up, so we've got some creeps starting up for you. And next time, there are ghosts walking among us looking for help. They have found it. 
Till then, stay creepy.